0: Welcome to the Linwood Covenant Church Podcast, presented by Pastors Dave Osterkamp, Rachel Hart, and Chris Kelly. Join us each week as we dive into the timeless wisdom of Scripture, exploring Jesus' message of love, hope, and faith that unites us all. So sit back, relax, and let's get into this
1: week's service. I want you to imagine with me today that um, it's nighttime. It's dark. And you're you're out in the trees. You're not out in the in the woods of of Minnesota, but you're on the Mount of Olives and there's olive trees all around you. Peter's belly is full. His eyes are heavy, but his mind is, is also racing, I imagine. He can't figure Jesus out. He's continually baffled by what Jesus says and especially by what Jesus does. Tonight, before they ate the Passover, Jesus took the position of a servant and knelt down and had the audacity to start washing people's feet Peter is disgusted Bartholomew should be doing that that's what he's thinking well I don't know if he's thinking that but maybe he's thinking something along those lines he knew and he definitely thought that Jesus shouldn't be doing that and Peter told him so stopped him said no you're never going to wash my feet that's not the proper place for you and once again Peter got a little lecture he got he got he got a correction Peter and Jesus just never seem to be on the same page. And I imagine Peter hopes that Jesus gets it figured out before it's too late. Get it right, Jesus. What are you doing? Jesus keeps talking about this new covenant. It's recorded in Luke 22. What does this mean? For years, Jesus has been talking about a new kingdom. Just tonight, he was talking about a new kingdom. And and as it often happens, the disciples, we started discussing who's the greatest in the kingdom, who's going to be the greatest? And, and Peter, I imagine, just can't believe that Andrew and James think that they might be in a better spot than, than Peter and John. But regardless, it always seems that Jesus gets highly annoyed by this kind of language as he did tonight, another correction. He always seems to hear us when we start whispering about these sorts of things. Tonight seems different. Maybe something's going to happen tonight. Jesus started talking about things like like betrayers and that I'm going to betray him and deny him. And I can't understand how he would say that. I'm the one that's always been there for him. I've told him that I'm willing to die for him. And I can't believe that he would doubt those words because in the heart of hearts, in the depths of my soul, I am ready. One thing I've never showed Jesus is a lack of courage. I've never showed Jesus that I'm scared, because I'm not. There was a raging storm on the Sea of Galilee, and Jesus comes walking across the water, and I'm the one that got out of the boat, and I, and I went to walk with him. Yeah, partway through, I might have freaked out a little bit, but I got out of the stinking boat, and I was in the water. The rest of the 11 were just standing there with their mouths open. I was the one who was ready to build a shelter for Moses and Elijah. I guess that wasn't that great of an idea, but I was at least ready to do something. I was the one who's had the courage to actually talk back to Jesus. When everybody else is just thinking about it, I'm the one that says it. And then there's a commotion in the distance. You can imagine, they're like, what's what's going on? There's lights and they're coming closer and closer, and closer, and you start to realize, Peter starts to realize it's a large group of people. Who is it? And it gets closer, and it gets closer, and it's Judas. There's Judas. What in the world is he doing here? And then there's a whole bunch, hundreds of people. And Judas walks up to Jesus and gives him a, a kiss, a greeting, and they have a, have a discussion, and suddenly Peter suddenly Peter's checking his sword, making sure the safety is off, it's ready to go. And, and, and then they start to cuff Jesus. And Peter realizes, this is it. This is the time. It's time. It's time to show Jesus that I was serious. And he whips, he whips out the sword. They're asking Jesus for answers. They're asking Jesus, who are you? And Jesus says, I am and everybody falls down. It's recorded in John 18. Imagine, boom, falls down. Peter's like, yes, this is the moment I'm waiting for. It is time to free our country from Rome. It's time to bring freedom and liberty to our people. It's time. Let's go. This is what we've been waiting for. And then everybody gets up. And then then they start cuffing Jesus, and there's no more words, and there's no more action. Peter has no time for that. He whips out his sword. He doesn't strike this way. He's not looking to, to hit the guy's shoulder. He's looking to hit the guy's head and neck. And so, whoosh, he takes a blow. Malchus is his name, and he ducks his head, in the sword, whoosh, the ear flies off. What does Peter do now? Well, the Bible doesn't say, but I can imagine he finishes this way, and he's ready to come back, and suddenly Jesus speaks, put your sword away. Can imagine Peter's mind is racing. What? What puts your sword away? Am I not to drink the cup that my father has sent me to drink? In essence, is what Jesus says. Peter's mind has to be just beside itself. What is this guy doing? What is, what is happening here? I thought it was time for the new kingdom. And then Jesus puts his hands behind his back and he's and he's cuffed and he's restrained and he's led off by this mob and everybody's just standing there mouth agape and they know now their lives are in danger and they all split and run except for Peter and John. They go with. They follow. They march into the place of danger. And they see Jesus there in the high priest. The bonfires are going. It's lit. Jesus, Peter, I imagine, is thinking, when is this guy going to destroy his enemies? When is this guy going to put people in their place? And they start smacking him, boom, boom, pulling at his beard, literally spitting on him. And Jesus stands there, confident, secure, unflinching, calm, but silent. In my mind, filling in some gaps. If you read the scriptures, you have to put yourself in the story. In my mind, Peter's mind is racing. And I don't think Peter was afraid. I think Peter was ready for Jesus to do something, and Jesus wasn't, and Peter couldn't wrap his mind around it. Jesus consistently talked about suffering, and it seems in Peter's mind, the suffering went with the battle. It wasn't suffering without a fight. And Peter seems to, seems to just not be able to believe it. We're waiting for you to take control. I thought you were going to make all things right, and everything seems to be wrong. And as he's watching and he's staring at Jesus, this girl asks him, hey, you're with him, are you not? Peter looks at Jesus, slap, punch, spit, silence. Nah, I'm not, I don't know him. The interrogation and, and, and torture continue, and they're mocking him. And a while later, someone points at Peter and says, that guy, that guy's with Jesus. And Peter looks at Jesus and the crown of thorns is produced. They're laughing at him. And Jesus stands there calm, confident, unflinching, silent. Man, I'm not with him, Peter says. Luke records that it was an hour later, an hour. This wasn't a quick instance. An hour later, this is going on and on and on. And if Peter was afraid, he had a lot of time to ditch the party, but he's still there an hour later watching this mockery and this abuse of the king of kings and lord of lords. And for the third time, he said, this guy, he's from Galilee. I know he's with Jesus. And Peter says, man, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know that man. And And the Bible says mid-sentence the rooster crows and Jesus looks over and he locks eyes. I don't know what all came to Peter's mind in that instant. One commentator hypothesized that Mark 8, 31 to 33 came to mind, a conversation between Jesus and Peter. We talked about it a few weeks ago. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed, and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Human concerns. What are those concerns? Mark 8, 30. four Oh sorry, no that's that's further on in my notes. When that happens, Peter turns and he weeps bitterly, the Bible records, that the eyes lock, the suffering is occurring, and Peter turns and weeps bitterly. Peter's got to be thinking, Jesus, why are you not fighting? Why are you letting this happen? Peter, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. The words of Jesus might have come to mind where Jesus said, if you're ashamed of me among men, your father will be ashamed of you. Peter, the one at the fire, ashamed of the one he was following, who stood silent and confident and calm and unflinching, but but not fighting back. Peter was ashamed, and he denied him. Jesus looks at him and says, this is what I was talking about, Peter. You're the one that I'm talking about. Jesus is stripped and brought to the cross. And Jesus, in Hebrews it says, laughs at the humiliation and the shame. The cross was about torture and death, but it was mostly about humiliation and shame. Such things that humans are consistently worried about. And Jesus had no time for it. He laughed at it. You can't shame me. You can't mock me. You can't degrade me. I know who I am. I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You can't take that away from me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. And so these nails and this pain and this humiliation, they are of no concern to me. They don't bother me. Peter watches Jesus face death and then he's buried and Peter doesn't know what to do, so he does what he, what he normally does. He goes fishing. It was a place I could imagine where Peter could find peace, on the water, in a boat, fishing. He fishes all night, and they don't catch anything. What they don't know is that Jesus had already been fishing early that morning, and he had caught some things, and he had started a fire, and he was cooking fish on the beach. And Jesus yells at them from out in the distance with the fog. They couldn't see him. Hey, guys. Did you catch anything? No, throw your nets over one more time. Okay, whatever. If it, if it humors you, what does it hurt? And boom, the, the, the fish strike, and the nets are bursting, 153. They're like, what's going on? They fished all night. These are professional fishermen. You can imagine Peter and John lock eyes, and John knows that's Jesus. That has to be Jesus. This is a Jesus thing. Whenever there's scarcity and there's not enough, Jesus shows up with abundance. And so this is a Jesus thing. And so Peter, John tells Peter, that's Jesus. And Peter does what Peter always does. He just reacts and he jumps in the water and he swims to the shore. And Jesus says these beautiful words with a smile that I think he says, I know he says to each of us, hey, come have breakfast. Let's eat. And Jesus asked him three times, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? And then three times when Peter says, yes, Lord, I love you, Jesus says, feed my lambs. Or you could say, lead my people into this new way. Show my people who I am. The question is begged for us, do we love him? Are we willing to become partners with God, showing the world who God is? Be a follower. Are we willing to follow the way of Jesus? The challenge is is that we have to let go of human concerns, and that's so much easier said than done. Because we're human and we have concerns. Everybody in this room is human and has concerns, has things that we hold tightly to, have things that we're afraid to let go of. It's, it's so tough for us to let go of control. God says, if you're following me, here's the challenge. You can't have human concerns. You gotta let them go, which often for us from the beginning, same with Peter, it's a lot about safety, our safety. It's a lot about our security, having enough, we pray for our daily bread and Jesus said yeah I didn't pray I didn't tell you to pray for a year's worth of bread I said a daily bread for a reason because you have to trust me that there's enough because I'm gonna encourage you to let go of a lot of things and it's gonna be up to you to have the faith that there's gonna be enough Jesus says follow me Peter show the people who I am and what does that mean? Well, that means what I've been saying all along, but you haven't understood it. It means to love your enemies and not take a sword to their head. It means instead of being at a table and talking about how bad folks are, it's instead to have those folks at our tables. That's, that's the upside-down kingdom. That's the, that's the different way. The way of Jesus makes some parts of our lives way easier. We, have to, we, we, we often lead with that. The way of Jesus makes your life easier. Yeah, a lot of your life will be easier following Jesus. But then there's this whole other section of your life that's going to be way more difficult, I believe, if I'm really going to follow Jesus. Way more difficult. Because I'm human, and I have concerns. And I don't want to let go of those. Dallas Willard was once asked. He's a, he's a great theologian, teacher, um, a great man to read. How will I know when I am mature in my faith, they asked him. And this was his response. A mature follower of Jesus is almost impossible to offend. I think that's true. We can get upset for God all the time, like what our culture's doing. But I'm not for sure why, because Jesus never got upset. Like He was the one that was getting his beard ripped out and spit on, and he's like, I'm the king of kings and lord of lords. Whatever, guys. You do what you gotta do. I I laugh at that because I'm going to bring forgiveness and salvation to my my people. And Peter's gonna write to to people who who are quite on the margins, but says, don't forget who you are. You're a royal priesthood. You're a child of the king. Whatever people do or say, don't let it bother you. Know who you are. Let go of of human concerns and be that calm, confident, non-anxious, non-worried presence in the world. Let go of your human concerns. So we have to think about how we live in the world and how do we represent God? Are we are we grabbing our sword and we're ready uh, to fight for Jesus, or are we winning the battle with love and, and, and mercy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness? Because that seems to be the way of Jesus, but it's, it's not the inclination. We gotta be careful who we're listening to. Quite frankly, there's so many people out there, pastors and, and people on the radios and TVs that, that wanna make me angry at people, that wanna make me hate people, and if I'm listening to people that are making me angry and hateful versus calm and hopeful, two very different things, angry and hateful versus calm and hopeful, then, then I need to shut them off. I need to say, you're, you're, you're bringing up human concerns and you're making me put my focus on human concerns and I'm concerned about the way of Jesus, which is, which is calm and hopeful and secure, not easily offended. Are we listening to people who make us want to hate others or love others? Two very different tracks. Jesus was quite clear about his choice. Are we listening to people who want to make us worried or people who want to make us hopeful. That could be on TV, the radio, but it could be your friends, the people that you have coffee with. Do you leave them thinking, oh, now I'm more worried and consternatious about life, or now I'm more calm and peaceful about life? Well, the ones that that make you calm and peaceful, hang out with them. Those are the voices. Jesus doesn't say, put your head in the sand and pretend like the world's going to be great. Jesus says, no, actually, you're going to have trouble, and there's going to be some awful things that happen, but who cares? Who cares? I am with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. I will provide for you your daily bread. And death is, not, is a defeated enemy. So if, even if that's your lot, who cares? Peter understood that. Nothing to be worried about. We have a God of abundance, a God of power. The one who prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, invites us to pray the same prayer. Jesus invites us to follow what he calls the new covenant. You see it up on the wall. If, you, if you're observant, you've seen these, these new wall adornings. What is that? Peter was trying to figure that out. We're a covenant church. What does that mean? People say, is that a cult? I say, no, it's not a cult. It's just a word that we don't use very much anymore. It's a, it's a partnership. It's a promise. It, become, it means a covenant means becoming partners with God. And in the new covenant, Jesus said, become partners with me. And go and show the world who God really is, the good news, that God is not hateful, he's not worried, he's, he's none of these things, that he's full of love and forgiveness and mercy. And he wants to know you and do life with you, and he wants to give you a new life, a fresh start, a, a, forg- a, free, a free forgiveness. The devotional on your chair, I want you to take it and read it at some point. It reminds us that one of prayer's goals is to make sure that our hearts are lined up with God's. It's so hard. In this world, we're getting pulled to human concerns constantly. And the devotional is reminding us that one of the purposes of prayer is to make sure that Jesus and I are on the same path. It's a, ha- it's a constant hard work. I think it's written really well, so I-, I wanted to give that to you. But don't read it now. Read it later. I want to finish with this. Later on in the story, Peter's changed. Now you can read about Acts In Peter in the first 10 chapters, Peter shows up in Acts a lot and he's he's representing Jesus well. But in first Peter, Peter writes a letter to Christians that have been kicked out of Rome and relocated to modern Turkey. Now, if you think about geography, I don't have a map up here, but Rome to northern Turkey is a long ways away. It's like it's like saying like you could be somebody comes to your house and says you're a follower of Jesus. You say yes. All right. Now, if you're if you, if you we're out in the more rural setting, say, OK, this week, you know, on Wednesday, you're moving to New York City. Like, what would that be if that was your lot? If you like the city, you could say, OK, you're moving, you're moving to Alaska. And some of you are like, yes, I want to go to Alaska. Some of you are like, yes, I want to go to New York City. But the, the idea is, is that you're forced to move away from your friends and your family and what is home because you follow Jesus. Now Peter, who pulled out his sword and was ready to to fight, if you read 1 Peter, you'll see the word suffering happen a lot. And Peter now, I mean, over and over, Jesus was quite clear about suffering, and Peter kept either not listening or blatantly disagreeing. And then in 1 Peter, first chapter, to these people that were forced to move to northern Turkey from Rome, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Keep it there for a second, Sasha. Where's Peter's focus now? It's not on his safety and security, and does he have enough? He's, he seems to be fully trusting that he's now he's now thinking bigger. He's now thinking he's thinking of of, of God's concerns, and then he says this. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. So as you live this difficult life, keep your eyes focused on this. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Remember that. In all of this, greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. Leave that there. So he's pointing out to these people, I acknowledge that you've suffered a lot of grief. But in the big picture, who cares? You're going to be okay. Keep your eye on what really matters, the concerns of God. And in the midst of this suffering, represent him well, so that many call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And throughout the book, Peter keeps having a completely different view of suffering than he did throughout the Gospels, and especially that night on the Mount of Olives. So today we've talked, in this month, we've talked a lot about following Jesus. So today I want to give us a chance for us to act on what we believe. Jesus looked at Peter on the beach and said, do you love me? And I think that's the question he continually has for everybody that walks the face of the earth. Then he asked Peter to be a part of this new covenant, this new partnership to show people who Jesus really is. Jesus says it's time to be good news people, people who are people of hope and not despair, people who are full of encouragement and not judgment and lectures, people who are filled with love and not anger, people who, when their reputation is spoken about, the words like loving, joyful, peaceful, patience, kind, Good, faithful, gentle, self-controlled. We saw a beautiful example of that yesterday if you were here celebrating Kay's life. So today I want you to take that name tag out if you have it. Maybe you've already put it on your chest. That's your name. I haven't, and I was going to grab one before I came up here, but I didn't. This name says, you know, who you are. I'm Dave. I know so many of you, and I watch your lives, and you consistently... Show the world well who Jesus is, your people of hope and good news. So I want to remind you to keep pressing on. As human concerns keep flooding us, to keep saying, I am a child of the King. God is going to provide my daily bread. I have nothing to worry about because nothing can separate me from the love of God. So I want you uh, to write your name on this. And, and if you're one that says, I want to be a part of this new covenant, I have been a part of this new covenant, I want the world to know that I'm a part of this new covenant, I'm a follower of Jesus, I want to represent him well, as the worship team comes up, I want you to put your name on, on that paper. There's some markers on the table, if, you're able to, if you want to write that, if you've already put the name tag on. It should be good to, like, take it off and stick it to the wall. That's, that's my hope, that the stickiness lasts. If you're not quite there yet, that's fine. If you're like, I don't know, Dave, I'm not, I don't really know. I, I don't want anybody to be disingenuous. Jesus, Jesus has a high expectation for those of us that call Jesus Lord and Savior, that we represent him well. Just read his conversations with the Pharisees and you will know Jesus has high expectations for us. So don't enter into it lightly. But for those that want to join me and say, yes, this is, this is who I want to be. I want to be a, a new covenant person. I want the world to know who Jesus is. And the world will know largely by how I represent him. And so I'm going to try my hardest to let go of the human concerns that constantly flood me. And I'm going to lead with grace and mercy and love and gentleness and hope and calmness and non-anxiousness in a world that's so opposite to that. I think that's what it means. In 2023, to follow Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord God, as we hear these words and we sing and we wrestle with following you, we know that we're not going to get it perfect. And, and there's times where we're, we're going to mess it up. There's times where the human concerns are just too powerful for us. And, and we thank you that you're a God of, of, of grace and mercy and forgiveness. We thank you that each day is a new sunrise, each week is a new week, each month is a new month, and each year is a new year. And you say, ah, come have breakfast. Let's try again. Come have breakfast with me. Do you love me? Yeah. Okay. Let's try again. God, we thank you uh, for who you are as we read the Gospels. God, we want to be like that. Thank you for all my friends here and how well they represent you, how they, how they show the world who God really is. We pray that many might call on, on Jesus and find the new life, the abundant life that is found in you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope today's message inspired you to dig deeper into your own relationship with Christ and apply his words to your world. If you liked today's message, feel free to check out Linwood Covenant's other podcasts, including past sermons. If you're looking for something to binge beginning to end, check out First Word, our first podcast series that guides listeners through the book of Mark. You can find all of these wherever podcasts are available. You're also welcome to join us for our full worship service, which streams on YouTube every Sunday morning at 930 Central Time. We'll see you next week. And remember, come what may, nothing will separate you from the love of Christ.